0: Welcome to the How Soccer Explains Leadership podcast, where we explore leadership principles through the lens of the beautiful game. Welcome back to How Soccer Explains Leadership. Thanks again for being a part of the conversation. I'm Phil Dark, your host. And uh, we are here at another halftime show. I got my brother, Paul Jobson, here and we're ready to talk about really this first half and what we were able to talk about. And I say we because it was a half full of interviews where both of us were able to be able to be on those those interviews, those conversations. Paul, how are you doing today? And what did it feel like to be
1: part of the entire half? It was great, man. I'm, I'm doing well. Things are going great out here in Waco, Texas. And yeah, man, it was fun. I got to be part of the entire half of the season, and it's nice to have the time to be able to to do this a a little bit more with you I've really enjoyed it especially this you know these last four episodes were really fun and and like I've said before usually I'm on the other side listening to each episode and then talking with you at the halftime and the end of season so it's it's cool to be part of the episodes themselves this time so things are things are good here I'm looking forward to our discussion today and how are things out in, in the great land of California my friend
0: well, you know, it's it's a continual party out here, right? I mean, I think, you know, it's just crazy. And if you can't hear, if you listen regularly, you know my voice is very different than usual. I got a little bug, you know. And nowadays in this new world we live in, you can't just get a bug and go get some antibiotics or something like we used to do. I try and I went and said, Hey, can I get a a test for strep throat? And they said, Well, you can't get that unless you get a COVID test first. So you know, you go through this testing regimen that you know we've unfortunately gotten used to over the last couple years. Fortunately, all of that is clean. And I just have a run of the mill cold or mild flu or something. But whatever it is, it's not fun. I don't like it. I don't care. Being sick just stinks. But the cool thing is I can still do this with you and I don't have to, I'm not going to get you sick because I don't think these germs can travel through the microphones over there to Waco. So no, I don't, I don't think there. we have
1: that. We don't have that technology yet where you can get me sick through a microphone. Yet, yeah. So. Or the
0: listeners. So listeners, I think you're safe uh, too. Safe.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Mm. And you have no idea when we recorded this and I'm not going to tell you. So if you saw me today or see me today, then you don't even know, you, don't, you know, that's the other, that's the other thing here. I think you will know. It's well a very know, sanitary podcast.
1: Yes. It's a sanitary podcast.
0: We try to keep it clean. Ah, you Lean, like that? Yeah, good. you like very that. Good. There we go. There we go. Yeah. So yeah. the other thing I want to say up front is we are going to make a shift. We Because we want to give you more time to process these great conversations we have, we want to give a little more opportunity to get stuff out there to new listeners and new people that are just getting introduced to the podcast. We're going to go to every other week. So if you come on after this episode and you're like where is that next episode it's going to be coming in two weeks from today so we'll still be releasing on thursdays but we're going to do it every other week and so that's just something that we decided for for a lot of different reasons but the main one is it's just really good content and we don't want to shortcut it we don't want people getting rushed and get behind and go well i'm just not going to listen to those interviews we want to give you more time to be able to do that And uh, like I said, be able to get other people to be be listening because I I have no doubt if it's helping you, and I've said this before, if it's helping you, it's going to be helping others. So be sharing it with others. That's the other thing too. I want to ask you and invite you to share this with other people. You can do that in a few different ways. One is just, just being able to just, talk about it with people and just say, Hey, I have this podcast and share a specific episode that usually works really well. Say, Hey, I think this episode will really help you. The other thing is you can subscribe to the podcast that will remind you to, to listen each time and and then be able to share, um, rate and review it too. So, I mean the, really the, the, the number one, if there's like one thing we want you to do, it's just share it with your friends and family and other people that, you know, it will help because that is the best way. It always will be the best way word of mouth to get it out to other people. So that's just something that we wanted to, to share just a little housekeeping up front. And just want to, again, thank you being a part of this we are now over a hundred episodes when this releases it will be basically mark the two-year mark of when we started this podcast wow. which is just so cool so crazy so much good content from episode one all the way up to today episode 2 as we say is probably the I mean that might be the pinnacle it's probably all downhill since that episode 2 interview we were able to do <laughs> with some some coach of Baylor in, in Waco who ended up going into early retirement after that because he couldn't really find <laughs> Figure out a way to go further up than that. So he's just like, I'm just to yeah. I just gotta retire. So isn't that kind yeah. of what
1: happened? Isn't that what you remember? Uh, the way I remember is that this podcast has gone nowhere but up since that episode and how how I suckered you into letting me do this, I don't know. But this has been fun. And yeah, that early retirement has allowed me to be on more of these podcasts with you. So that's definitely a benefit to not only being with my family more, but being with you more, Phil, sure. it's, it's, it's been great. I mean, that's yes. part of the reason I stepped away was to do this.
0: I I have uh, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> that was that was a huge part of the, it was like, that was like number one on the pro for that pro and con spreadsheet that you put together for the, yes. whether you're going to do <clears throat> it. So,
1: yes, you know, my personality type. So yes, yes. That's, that's it. Pro pros and cons spreadsheet to to what was next. This was definitely one of the top ones of the pros to stepping away from college soccer. Coaching for sure. Yeah.
0: So now we're gonna get into the real, like actual real stuff. I mean, this could be fun. The banter all day long, but I want to get into these episodes that we had because you know what. These are not only friends and people that, you know, I respect a ton, but, you know, some are new friends, some are old friends, some are friends that I'm working with regularly, other people are family that, you know, that I I say kind of family, my wife's kind of family, but they become uh, really, really good friends, you know, Dave is a good friend of yours, but... But we talked about some different sports ministry that's going on. We talked about some different coaches. There, I mean, these are these are legendary coaches, and I don't use that word lightly. But coaching for a same program for over fifty years, just crazy to be able to be part of state programs and national team programs. So, so Horace Richardson with the over fifty years of coaching, same same team. I mean, how many people can say that? I I, I, I
1: definitely know. can't. Yeah, You're you 15. Can't. I mean, if you say <laughs> it really fast,
0: people may think it's 50, it's, but yeah. it wasn't 50. We haven't even been alive 50 years. I mean, that's, no. that's, that's mm-hmm. crazy when you think about that, like our entire yeah. life full of coaching and then some, and Dave Simeone coaching from top to bottom, you know, even I mean, Dan Williams has coached a lot and, and Jorge is, is young. I mean, he's just a kid, not yeah. really, but just comparatively, but these guys have done really cool things. So what do you think just generally, what stood out to you just in this half, what were mm-hmm. some of those themes that wove through all those different,
1: different episodes? Yeah, well, first of all, to kind of touch on what you were talking about, the experience from from these four people that we had over this last half of the season is incredible. You know, from you said, like you said, from the the youth system up to to national team level, professional level, coaching at every level is experience that you're going to hear from or that you did hear from in these last four episodes. And you just get a lot from it, everything from the nonprofit world to the, the standard club scene to the college scene. And really, I mean, when you listen to Horst in, in his his episode, the fact that his career spanned 50 years, there's a lot of information in there because I know how much the college game changed in 15 years, yeah. but how much the game has changed in 50 years that he experienced um, is incredible. But what you'll notice, and one of the things that stood out to me the most is when we talk to Horst, he's not talking a lot about the X's and O's and, and how much the game itself has changed, even though there's a specific question there to kind of bring that out a little bit. But it's about the relationships, you know, and you get that from 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 Dave and you hear that from Dan. And of course, you know, you also hear that from Jorge, just the relationships that we build through coaching. And if, if How Soccer Explains Leadership can be summarized, maybe the, the best might be these four episodes together and that. It's not about X's and O's. It's about these relationships. It's how our personalities interweave together to make ourselves better as a community, uh, whether it's a soccer community specifically or a community as a whole that, that we live in and that we're part of. So that's kind of what stood out to me. Really some awesome, awesome conversations that we got to have.
0: Yeah. You know, and I, I totally agree with that. And I I just, as you were talking there, I mean, some of those highlights, I just look at Horst and I just was just laughing with, with that, (laughs) that conversation with Horst. If you haven't listened to it, folks, you're just listening to this. You haven't gone back. You haven't listened to that episode yet. Go back and listen to that for sure. Like that, that was one of my favorite conversations. And I laughed, I got home and I talked to to Becca and I was like, Hey, you know, I don't know that he answered our questions really, you know, a (laughs) lot of the times, but <clears throat> what he shared with us was so cool I mean like talking about I mean he did answer the questions I'm joking but but some of them I was like I think he went off a little bit but that was it was so cool because what was supposed to be said was said and that was awesome and again, it was story after story after story, and just him going back, and he'd have these little asides that were so—I mean, they were just funny, but they were also cool. Like, oh yeah, this guy he had to use Life magazines as shin guards because we didn't have—he didn't have you know the right equipment. I mean, going and there's that book that we talk about in that too has other story after story. They're just borrowing equipment. Their first games were like just T-shirts. They're borrowing uniforms from the hockey team or other things. Like they're just, as you said, the game is cheap. Like it was just this ragtag what are we even doing type thing? As he he said, you know, driving all over the place, the guy in the play, going to the games. And it was just story after story. And what was so cool about it is he was telling it like it happened last week. These were happening 50 years ago and so vivid, just these pictures. And you could tell, I mean, he was plucking them out like, yeah, boom, boom, boom. And I, and I know that that isn't, he didn't prep that for that, for Mm -hmm. the episode because I've, sat with him in his house talking story after story there's one thing he is it's a storyteller um so that was just that was just fun i mean i don't know if you agreed with that too but
1: oh yeah i mean as as a coach and as a you know as a parent you know i mean it it just kind of takes you back to you remember you know you sit down with your grandparents and, and everything every question has just a story to it you know and whether you're you feel like your question has been answered or not? It has been answered through the story yes. if you're paying attention. Yes. But when you have that many life experiences to be able to to relate to somebody through story, it's amazing. And I, and we probably could do like a it probably could be weekly, but we probably could do a, a monthly story time with with horse <laughs> research, horse Richardson, you know, and, and fill up you know one episode a month for a couple of years and never hear them all. Yeah. And and all of them be extremely interesting. And uh, I think the longer Obviously, you're in the game, the more stories you're going to have. But, uh, you know, he just kind of reels you in and you're just kind of hooked. And I think that episode probably went a little bit longer than most and probably could have gone a lot longer and, and would have been, you know, you would listen to every every minute of it. Yeah,
0: definitely, definitely. So, that I mean, that was horse. We're kind of starting at the end, going back. But, you know, I, I also, some of the things with with Dave that were just, it was just this, again, like I think... When we talk with these men and women throughout the podcast, these happen to be four men in this episode. I agree with—I mean, this season—I agree with you that you know it kind of brings together a lot of the different things that we do talk about on purpose of this of this podcast. But was hearing through Dave just these again stories? But he was weaving them in with the, you know, what are the what are the really good things about the game? And I loved how he was talking about that just bringing light to the fact that we now can watch not just the the highest level of sport, which is which is kind of where it was 10, 15 years ago. You could watch Serie A. You could watch the Premier League. You could watch MLS sometimes on TV. You could watch, you know, Bundesliga, whatever. But now he's like, you can watch Bundesliga too. You can watch USL. You can watch the, you know, the first division, the championship, in the English league. And that that bring and you can watch the women's NCAA teams playing. You can watch the men's NCAA. So I can go show my daughter, yeah, you can go watch a Manchester United match on a, a Premier League, you know, thing with my kids. I can sit down on a Saturday morning and do that. But that's so like, that's not even close to where they're at but i can go to my daughter who's you know a freshman in high school and show her an nca woman's game and she can watch and go oh like that's that's reachable like i can i could totally see myself playing there you know yeah a lot more work a lot more but it's just this it's i love that and it also gives us the ability to watch really really like that elite level playing but to see the different levels of that and to see how close they are first But also how how we can get there and how we could actually it gives you that vision. It gives you a picture a little bit clearer than we'd otherwise have. So that was one of the things that I love that he talked about and brought to light as far as one of the really good things that are going on in our in our system today. He also talked about some of the negatives, too. But what what really stuck out with that interview with Dave that you that you can think of, you know, right now?
1: Yeah, well, you know, with Dave, you know, he he brings such a, a wide spectrum of of. Of information you know the guy has been you know in the in the in the club scene he's been the in the youth national scene he's been the senior national team you know at some level so he, he's worked with every level of player it, yeah. Is basically what i'm what i'm getting at and he's seen yep. it back in the days when odp was the the pathway to the national team he was a big part of that yep. through north and south texas and so he's seen even the evolution of the youth development system and how we select players from the youth system to the to the pathway to the full national team. And his perspective on that was really interesting. And yeah, I really enjoyed his perspective on the media piece of it too. And and how the access to to games now is 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 so much greater than it used to be, obviously. And then I know when I was a kid, I remember, you know, the first time I got to watch the World Cup was my best. Actually, it was my my best friend Grunt was Clint Mathis. Yeah. Lo and behold, we were watching the World Cup together. He had a satellite dish. And if you're young and you're listening to this, you're thinking, oh, little satellite dish on the top of your house. No, it was in the backyard and it was big yeah. as somebody's carport. You know, and you had to blow the leaves out of it once a year to make sure it was still working. Mm-hmm. So that's how we watched soccer. But now, like you said, you can, I can get it on my phone. Any league. I can watch, yep. you know, the second division in France if I want to. I can watch women's soccer and watch every level of, of college soccer now, because even the, the smaller schools are, are streaming, whether it's through right. Facebook Live or, you know, whatever. So the great thing of being a youth player is that there are no excuses to right. to, to not be able to watch the game now. And yep. so Dave being a, I think I said it in the podcast, an educator of educators, really great to hear his perspectives. And, and also kind of back to what we talked about with Horst, He, you know, when he talks about the things that he loves about the game, again, he wasn't talking about the X's and O's and the, you know, the systems of play and all the things that, you know, I know he's having to, to teach. It was about relationships. I mean, I'd love to go back through and do, if I had time do a word count, a name count, how many names Dave Simeon threw out. And he wasn't name dropping. No, he's just talking through the, Hey, and, and like a horse, he remembers them like it was yesterday. Yes. And I think you said it well, I think in both podcasts the true testament to someone who really is good at being a coach is that they remember names because it's about relationships and and really you can tell how bought in dave was to the process of developing these young people and if that's somebody who's going to be you know coaching coaches i think that's something that everybody needs to take away from 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 that episode yeah, definitely, definitely. And
0: I, and I've seen you do. It. I mean, I've I've seen you and and other coaches that I that I respect to be able to like on on Instagram or whatever. Like you're I just got to go to this wedding or I just was able to see so and so and I just ran into this person and and it's just like you know, like yesterday, it was probably 10 years ago, you coached them and you're still involved with them and their families. And, and you hear about that. And I've talked to coaches say, what's the, what's the gauge of whether you're a really, really good coach? It's like, well, how many weddings are you getting invited to? How many babies <laughs> like announcements are you receiving? How many things like that? And I'm not saying that like, if you don't get those, you're a terrible coach. No, but like, that's what is important. That's what is, matters. Like in the in the big picture, yeah. and you you hear that in there. They didn't necessarily say that in those interviews, but that was what you know. You kind of read between the lines, and they're very likely deeply involved. And even hearing when we say to Dave, what was your favorite part about coaching? And he talks about, well, following them through the ranks and being able to coach them here and coach them and seeing them develop and being able to develop relationships with them. And so that was, that was super, super cool. I really, really appreciate that. The other thing I really, you know, you know, you know me and you know, I'm going to appreciate this. When he talks about the the training ground, the new United Soccer Coaches online platform Mm -hmm. and how they're bringing in the, the Dan Abrams, the Donna Fischters, the, 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 Paul McVay, Paul McVeigh, and the other, the different people there, by the way, I went through and edited that and the word count of the names, it was a lot. I was, because the, <laughs> the, the, the transcription service doesn't knew names very well. So I went through and, you know, oh. some of them I had to look up spelling, you know, Shellis Hyman mm-hmm. didn't make it easy on us. Right. So, so, but, uh, but anyway, those are the things that coaches, if you're listening to this, parents, if you're looking for coaches that you want your kids to play for, players, as you're playing through the ranks, like and you see coaches that maybe spending more time getting to know you, don't get annoyed with that. That's actually something that makes them an incredible coach that you're going to end up appreciating more than you know down the road. And so coaches, if you're not doing that, pay attention to it. Study it.
1: Hey, uh- Study it. Yeah, a side side note on that recently, this is a great, I think a great story that kind of goes along with that. And we don't talk, we don't talk in I mean, we talk about relationships with coaches. I think a great story that goes along with this recently, I was working with a player uh, that's considering making a change in in college decisions or not even a change. But, uh, you know, part of her selection process is based on the relationship that she has built or not built with certain coaches. Mm. You know, there's certain coaches that, you know, we talk about transactional coaches and relational coaches and a school that she was very, very high on at the very beginning of this process is dropping down the ranks of her interest because, you know, the relationship with the coaches hasn't grown the way that she, she feels, you know, feels good about. And it's interesting because through that recruiting process, you know, they're going to love you, love you, love you at the beginning. And then, you know, who maintains that? The relational coaches will maintain that because that's yeah. who they are. And I thought it was a very wise thing for this young kid to say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm kind of reconsidering maybe how I'm ranking my schools because the relational piece of this is going to be really important for me. And she may end up at a lower, a lower level type of school because that's going to be more important to her than going to a high level school with, you know, zero relationship with, with coaches. So I just, some advice to, to some, to coaches that are at the college ranks, Hey, through the recruiting process, don't forget, this is not a transactional thing. This is a relational thing. Yep. If you want longevity for your programs.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So That's the first two, or the last two, I guess, the first two we covered. So then we got Dan and Jorge. And it turns out I just had lunch with Dan and Jorge in Decatur, Georgia, which is nearby where they both live. I didn't even realize that. That's what's funny is I got introduced to those guys through different people. Didn't even know they knew each other. Turns out they actually coach in the same club at some, some, you know, not full-time, I don't think. But they both coached, you know, for GSA at some level and are with them and they live in the same little community there. And so I say little community, the the east side of of Atlanta, it's not really a little (laughs) community. They're not in the same city. They're not in the same city. Sorry exactly. to all
1: of our my friends in Decatur. I lived in Decatur. <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm saying in the relation to the globe gotcha. and the gotcha. United States of America, it's a little area of our country. It is. I know Atlanta. very I just drove from Johnson Ferry Baptist down to Decatur. It's not a little city. Okay, it took me 45 minutes to an hour because the GPS didn't help me out much. But anyway, that's a whole different conversation. So, But the point is, they're really close to each other, and I got introduced them to totally different people. They're doing some really, really cool things, and it was what was great is I got to sit down with them. If you know Decatur, if you are in Atlanta, Atlanta peeps out there, we were at the Brick Store Pub out there in Decatur, Georgia, right there on the square. Cool little little pub. I used to actually wear a softball jersey on the men's team brick store pub softball jersey with the button down it was really cool it was it was really actually it was slick
1: should be a picture of that in the show notes yeah I there think. should but, be if i
0: had one yeah. i my, my wife i think donated that jersey mm-hmm. a while back unfortunately it was one of my favorites but that again is just these are just side notes these are just extra bonus coverage folks like you, you never know what you're going to get on this show But we were able to sit there and just talk about different ways that they can work together. And that's one of these great things. Not that they would never have done that otherwise, but because, you know, we both, you know, they both were on the show. They both were able to hear more about what each other does as well as be able to, you know, get together and say, okay, how can we do things That's what I hope will happen more and more. I've seen that happen on this podcast. I've seen that happen on the Think Orphan podcast that I do. Is people hear about things, reach out to me, I can connect them. In their case, they obviously already knew each other, but it's like, oh man, I didn't realize the extent of your what you're doing. I didn't realize the extent of your ministry. I didn't realize the extent of your relationships. And we're actually very like-minded. How can we do more together? And so that is was just I mean, that just warmed my heart. It was like one of these really, really cool things. And so to hear what Jorge and Dan are both doing and we can talk about them separate or together what were the things of those two interviews that really just you know grabbed you and said you know I want to I, I want to hang out with these guys more
1: yeah. well first of all I'm not surprised that that totally lights you up because you are the ultimate connector of connectors so I, I yeah. can see how that totally lights you up I was just pumped that we had you know two people from you know the great city of Atlanta, the great state of Georgia on there this time too. That's a, a great, great to homeland for me as well. But I think it's another testament to really how small the soccer world is also, you know, but I think with, you know, with Dan, what I, what I really appreciate about Dan and just kind of the things, it gives us a perspective of, you know, not only is he, is he coaching at the youth level, you know, an, an academy level, training up, you know, young players within the club and within the own his own, you know, next level Academy that he has, but also as a parent, there's a parent perspective there that we get into with Dan also that I think is, is very valuable because sometimes we don't, through the podcast, we get a lot of coaching perspectives and there's a little bit of parent perspective, but I think he does a really good job of, of giving us that parent coach perspective also of kind of drawing those lines of being a parent and a coach that I think can be very helpful for, for, you know, some of our, our parents who, who aren't coaches you know, cause as you, you've got to learn how to play those different roles, but you know, that was something for, from, from Dan's it kind of, there's a lot in there in, in his, and I think we asked him some pretty hard questions actually, that I thought he did a great job of giving some perspective on that. Maybe a lot of people don't know Dan and maybe haven't heard of Dan. That's one thing I love about our podcast too, is bring on people that maybe people have never heard of, but his perspectives are extremely valuable and extremely wise for a lot of our, our coaches and parents of players that need to, they need to listen to.
0: That was the thing about Dan too, is, you know, I've gotten to know him pretty well over the last year and a half been doing some different work with him and the global sports movement, North American sports movement. And, He's not just a dude who comes on to podcast and says really cool and you know, wise things. He's he's living it out. He's a yeah. he's a great dad. He's a great coach. He's he's thinking about these issues. He's, you know, just really saying, How can I help others flourish, right? I mean, how can I bring shalom to communities, right? These things we talk about in the different, you know, ministries we're involved with, like what does that look like? To really be able to help people, not how can I build my kingdom, how can I build my business, how can I get wealthier, how can I, you know, get a, a, a coaching, you know, next level soccer academy and become a millionaire because I'm going to have the next great next thing. You know, he called me up. He's like, hey, how can we put together this thing? And I'm not going to say exactly what it is. I don't know if it'll ever end up out there, and I don't want another thing that I talk about that I, that you know doesn't happen. <laughs> but we talk about this thing. He says, what if, what if we did this, 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 and this? And I really think it will help. You know, young players be able to understand, you know, whatever it was very, you know, a lot deeper And it just that he's continually thinking about, you know, his daughter is, is in college. She's playing already. So it's not like mm-hmm. this vested interest. Oftentimes you see us doing things and we're like, yeah, we're doing it for all these other people, but really, you know, we're doing it so our kids can get that next leg up. And Dan is a guy who I just love sitting here. And again, his story, it's a lot subtler with Dan, I think as far as the storytelling and the different things, but it's it's something that he's just got a lot of experience, expertise that he can bring in. And as you said, I mean, he even said it, he's like, how did I get in the 100th episode? Like, who am I? And I, I look at it and go, a lot of the people I mean the the difference between someone that you've heard of and someone that you haven't heard of in these as far as these different interviews these different things we're talking about is simply that they had some break or they had something or they chose to go a certain route that took them to a particular national team or a particular whatever team they were happened to be a player who played at the next level but what I've found is is oftentimes, not always, and I'm not saying the people that have the big name don't have the wisdom, but these people that we've never heard of, man, they're bringing stuff that if you're not listening to it because you don't know the name, start doing it. Go back to these people you haven't heard of because they're doing things, they're thinking about things. Oftentimes, it's like those players who maybe don't have the natural athletic ability. They have to work way harder on the fundamentals and on the things that, you know, they so that they can actually play at that higher level. They have to work on the juggling more. They have to work on the technical ability more. They have to work on the tactical. They have to work, study the game more because they don't have that natural athleticism. Sometimes when you don't have that name to give you that platform, well, not sometimes, definitely, you have to really, really dig deep into the content to make sure that it is dialed in, make sure that it is going to help people. And you are really going to make sure that you're going to, to give that best most excellent thing. And and don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that people who have a name don't do that. I'm just saying that those other people, if they don't do it, they'll never be even hurt. You'll never, you will never even get them anywhere. So to, to say, you know, we don't just pick people because we are desperate for content. We have plenty of people we could interview. These are very, you know, we curate this content because we say, Hey, these people have something to offer. I want to, I want to be able to talk with these people because I know they're going to help you guys out there who we're talking with about this stuff. So anyway, I just wanted to say that to help you guys know that, you know, this is, this is something that's very, very intentionally curated to make sure that we're given uh, content that is, that is going to help you, going to help your players, going to help your, your business, going to help your family, going to help your marriage, going to help whatever. And because that, that's why we do what we do.
1: Yeah, no, I I love that. And I think, even just taking that and carrying that into, you know, the interview with Jorge, you know, I think that, you know, the stuff that he's doing, I think the thing that stood out most for me in in his interview is that, that I think I said this earlier with somebody else, but the fact that he's doing so many different levels of, of soccer, you know, he's working with, you know, underprivileged kids you know in, in these 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 areas of atlanta where they need they need mentorship and he's using the game to teach that and 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 using you know christ's love to do that too obviously through that but he's also the chaplain for atlanta united you know these guys that are at you know developing their professional careers that have a livelihood in soccer and his ministry there with those guys and i i think throughout his his interview just listening to you know his story of one how he came to faith and how sport influenced that decision and how he's using that to not only, not only influence young kids, but also how he's influencing what I'll call older kids. You know, I guess now that I'm older, the, you know, the 20 somethings are older kids to me now, but I love that. I love how he's able to take what he's doing and really relate that to, to different ages and stages of people and really just be able to pour in. And, And he's coaching. I mean, he's coaching those what I would call underprivileged kids. He's coaching at a at a club. Uh, he's coaching at a college. He's the chaplain at a pro team. Again, somebody who's doing it at, at every level, pouring in and just giving and giving and giving, so that others can can get things from him and a lot of knowledge and wisdom that he that he shared with us.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I just his. His story and how he got to the U.S. coming from the you know Colombia, Colombia. I will never Columbia. misspell Colombia ever again. You know, no. was, I said, "How do you know? Do you have any questions?" This, this was before we got on the, the the. This is like the little behind the scenes look at the how soccer explains leadership podcast. I gave I give all the guests a little little outline. It's not it's not a script by any by any stretch. It's a little outline of what we're going to talk about. And I said, "Do you have any questions about it?" He says, "No, no questions. You just misspelled Colombia." It's not Columbia, South Carolina, <laughs> Phil. And I was like, oh, thanks. Like, okay, any any questions that aren't just ridiculing me. But but it's it's true. I, I think that part of that story, because that's what the thing is, is that's what's so cool about how God works in a lot of these situations, is when he comes to the US from Colombia and he ends up working with these kids who are from the you know, they're they're not you know, there's, they're from, as you said, whether underprivileged, whether they're just not quite at the, you know, I don't know what word I'm even looking for. They're, they're just not the ones who are going to get that next step easily. Right. Whatever the opportunity be. isn't yeah, there as easily. Right. Yeah. 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 And he gets that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I, I coming from South Orange County, California, when I had, you know, my parents, you know, growing up there, born here, citizen, just kind of go through the suburbia of suburbia has been on the mission soccer club playing with great players, all this other stuff. Like if I, when I go work, there, it's a, it's a cross-cultural conversation for Jorge. It's, it's who he is. He gets it. And he's such a humble man. I mean, just sitting down mm. with him talking with him, sitting down with him at lunch and just, he's soaking it in. He's learning. He's continually being, you know, and that's that for me is such a, such a huge lesson for me that he didn't even have to speak a word when we were at lunch. Um, I could tell he had a learning, humble posture. He wasn't just offering all of his, you know, this is what I have. This is what I'm doing. This. It was when asked, he she shared. But for the most part, he was just listening because he knew that, you know, Dan was there. And Dan has all a ton of wisdom and, and just experience that, that he does. not And he's like, I want to learn. And, and in that he's able to do these different things that he does. He knows he has things to share and he's able to do that when he's the chaplain for the United, as you said, and they are kids now. I mean, heck they're, they're, well, I know they're half my age on average probably, which is just crazy. I got a compliment the other day. A guy goes, yeah, I don't see you at 48. I was like, well, that's, that seems like a compliment as long as you don't see me at 58. So, you know, and I thought that Mm -hmm. that was something, you know, but the fact is you know, we are what we are and these are kids, but, but for him to be able to do that is also really, really cool. Cause a lot of the guys on the United are Spanish speaking. A lot of the guys are, are, you know, from different cultures that he can say, yeah, I get that. I get that. I understand that, you know? So, so that was something that I, I really appreciated, Jorge. I appreciate the Upper 90 program that he's doing. That again, it's not something that he started because he wanted to, quote unquote, change the world. It was something that he started because he realized there was a need in the community that he was in. That he, with his unique background, his unique, you know, really just his story could come into that in Philadelphia Somebody else gave him some, you know, here's what you can start with. And he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something to, to really just try to encourage and love these kids in this community and see where that can go. And then obviously moves to Atlanta, is able to do a similar thing there. And now it's like it's just growing and growing, getting the opportunity to be the chaplain for the United. And I think that's an encouragement for people, too, is never despise small beginnings, too. Right. Like we, we all want to be the yeah. big thing. And it may be that yeah. you have a small beginning and you stay small and you impact this little community in incredible ways. And it may be that you start small and it grows up to be this big thing. And you're all of a sudden a world vision organization. Very unlikely that that will happen for anybody. But, but these small things have massive impact when you consider the multiplicative effect of lives transformed. It's it's something that I, I see that with Jorge. I just I just see that that he has these small groups of kids that these lives will be transformed and they then will be able to transform more and more lives because they have stories that are similar to his.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I don't wanna say I don't want to use the word envious, but you know and I think I'm probably gonna oversimplify and he may listen to this and go, Yeah, it's it wasn't that simple. But now that he's kind of where he is the fact that you know God takes people and uses them, uses their experiences to help influence others. The fact that He had the the humble posture to be able to say, "Hey, use me how you want to use me," and I'm probably again oversimplifying. And if He's in it, He's probably like, "Yeah, that wasn't that easy," you know. I mean, it <laughs> maybe still isn't that easy, but you can look at it from here and go, "Man, it's so cool how you know God's able to use him." and um, I think you used it in the header. Is his quote about you know don't be a dead fish? Yeah, you know I, I love that. Like if you're a dead fish, you're just gonna be you're just gonna go with the flow, and where he is and what he's doing, he definitely was not a dead fish. He definitely is not just going with the flow. He's he's looking for you know opportunities that God's putting ahead of him so that he can be what it is that God wants him to be. So he can be what he needs to be for, for those young kids in that environment and for the older kids in the other environment and for his own, you know, own family, what he needs to be. He talks a little bit about that too. Like, you know, when we get to the point of, you know, what are the lessons you've learned from the game to that, that you, you know, have within your family, He gives some great, great, what I would call young insight into, into, into parenting as well. And, but Hey, I wanted to ask you a side question. I'm thinking about, you know, you and and Dan and, and and Jorge on a at a at a conversation at a at a at a restaurant. How how long were you guys there together? How long was that conversation? We were there a couple hours. Yeah, I figured that's probably a good long. Yeah, good long conversation with you, you guys. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, it was. It was
0: so cool. I think it was. It was. I got there a little late, unfortunately. But yeah, it was a couple hours, and we had to go because I had to get to the airport. But it was it was sweet time it was definitely sweet, sweet time. And, and I just really appreciate the, these, these men, these conversations I'm able to have is also with a good friend of mine, Lawrence Shaw, who's out there in Atlanta. And he's, he's just a, he's a dreamer. He's a guy who, who thinks big and, you know, swings for the fences. And, and that's where I, I, I look at some of these things and, and I think we overcomplicate things a lot of the times. And you said you said easy. And I think we use the word easy a lot of times, but I think I don't think things are easy cuz nothing mm-hmm. nothing worth doing is really easy, but sometimes they're really simple. Mm-hmm. And we overcomplicate them. There's a big difference between simple and easy. A lot of simple things have very complex ways to play them out, but a lot of simple things are very much not easy but they are simple. And if we come in and we add all these bells and whistles to things that if we just simply love a kid, that is simple. Yeah. It's not easy. Right. And that's, that is something I've learned doing, you know, caring with orphan and vulnerable kids around the world. Like a lot of it is really simple. It's how do we keep families together? Okay. That's a simple solution. That's very complex in its execution. It's not easy, mm-hmm. right? Think about our own family, right? It's simple. I got to love each of my kids as they need to be loved. But that's complex and that's hard. Yeah. That is hard in its execution, right? And so, so I think there is this, this simple and complex. It seems like a dichotomy, but it's not. It's actually, that's kind of our, like if we just take it down to its bare essential foundational root, like what do we need to do? You know, it's like the other thing, you know, if you look societally, right. I don't know if that's a word, but I just made it up. You see that fatherlessness is a massive issue. So what's the simple solution? We got to train up more fathers. Okay. That's simple. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, right. But it's it, like in its essence, it's simple. But when we look at, okay, what does that actually look like? Well, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Like, that's why we haven't solved it. But I think when we go and we start overcomplicating, we don't even do things because we think they're too hard and they, they, they're mm-hmm. way too much to do. But if we just say, okay, what's that one thing? What's the next right thing we can do? As I say, what are the breadcrumbs God's putting down for me? How can I follow that next breadcrumb? What's the next thing I can do? The next right thing. And I see that with Jorge's story. I see that with Dan's story. And I, and I know Dan better. But I even see that with, with Horst. It's like, I see a team playing out there on a field. I'm gonna go out and just play with them. Oh, they need a coach. Okay, I'll coach. He didn't think back then I'm going to coach his team for 50 years. If he thought that, no. he wouldn't have done it. I yeah. can almost guarantee it. Absolutely. But then he went to the next year and the next year and the next year and the next year. Same thing with Dave. He didn't say, oh, I'm going to be a national team. No, he went and did the next right thing that was in front of him and do that. Yep. So anyway, I, I could, you know, I got a little pulpit there for a little bit so i i loved these interviews yeah love these interviews if you haven't listened to them folks go back and listen to them soak them in and you're gonna have more time to do it because as i said at the beginning we're gonna take you know do this now every other week so it's gonna be two weeks before the next episode comes out and i have no doubt at this point i don't even know who that's gonna be yet but i have no doubt it's going to be a great great person because we have some people lined up that are phenomenal. And again, you might have heard of them. You might not, but listen to it either way, because I guarantee it will be things that you can learn from. And I know Paul and I are definitely going to learn from them because we're learning. That's why we love doing what we get to do. We get to learn all the time, which is awesome. So anyway, as we bring this halftime show to a close, what do you got? Just parting words.
1: No, I would just, uh, again, just encourage folks to, you know, over these, these next few episodes, you've got two weeks to, to, to listen and soak it in, to, to share it. I think it gives people more time to, to share as well Mm -hmm. and have conversations around these podcasts. One thing that I really love is when I run into people that I know, like, oh, I listened to, you know, you know, your podcast with Dave Simeone and, man, let's, you know, we just kind of start dissecting it between the two of us. And I think that's something that, this time will give people to do, whether you're in a, in a, in a club setting or, you know, a couple of college coaches or whatever, or your, your club players, you know, I, I think these are things, these are, we want to create discussion. I want to, you know, we don't want to be the, we're not the know-it-alls. Oh my right. gosh. We're not the know-it-alls, but if we can get content out there and give people an opportunity to discuss and, and learn and, and, take those topics and, and create new things. I think that we can all be encouraged by that. So I'm really excited about the format we've got coming up. I think it's going to allow us to do a lot more too. So I'm excited about that, Phil. So I know the next the next few episodes are going to be awesome.
0: Yep, I, I, I concur. And I, I think that it's something that I just was thinking as you're saying that, if, if you're not taking advantage of this material, I mean, use it in your coaching staffs. You know, to, to listen to an episode and, and just, and you, as you said, Paul, dissect it. I know there's not a ton of time during season. And I know right now we're in the middle of season and playoffs are coming up and you're like, oh, I don't have any time to do anything, but I think that's worth it. You know, pick an episode. If you're not sure which episode, send us an email, like send us an email, say, Hey, we're going through this issue. And I've done that with some coaches. I say, Hey, go listen to this episode. It will help you right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm actually doing the leadership team for, for the high school team right now. And I'm having them listen to these episodes. Not all of them, but I pick I pick one and say, "Hey, we're going about we're talking about disc training this week. Go listen to the episode with Toriano, because that will help you understand. You know, we're going to be doing self care here in a little bit. I'm going to have them listen to the Brad Miller episode, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe the Dan Abrams episode, although they're high schoolers and I don't know if they'll be able to understand that. But I can barely <laughs> understand.
1: It but he's but he brings everything down and makes it simple. Exactly. Guy's, that guy's amazing. i just, <laughs> just I'm just going to pump that episode real quick. Go back listen to Dan Abrams. That is an awesome episode
0: if you really, it's like, you know, he brings a PhD level down to a pH level, I think is what it is. But no, but that, those are things that you can be doing and just have those conversations and, you know. So that's, folks, we're going to we're going to wrap it up right now. And I'm just going to remind you that you can do all those things, share with others, talk about it with people, even if it's with your kids, you know, talk about it with your kids, with your spouse. Like, how does this help us if your spouse is a soccer person or even if not? They can still understand the principles. Um, but if your kids play, I've heard so many parents say, hey, I listen to this. On the way to my games with my kids, I listen to this and I'm, we're able to have great conversations about these different things. So so do that. Whatever it is, how you can engage this deeper, you know, do it. Because it's something that we don't just put this out here so we can just have conversations with people. We put this out here so you can help you flourish in every way. And so I do hope that you do take that. Everything that we talked about on this show, you can find in the show notes, as always. It will be at HowSoccerExplainsLeadership.com. You can, you can plug it, you know, just plug that into your website search and and it will pop up and you can go to go check out the show notes and uh, we do hope that everything that you're doing you you, you use this material you can use it to help you be a better spouse a better parent a better coach a better leader better in every relationship that you have and you can continually remind yourself that soccer does explain life and leadership thanks a lot have a great couple weeks